Well, we're back uh, in our series, Right Side Up in an Upside Down World. Last week we're, we had our Memorial Day um, uh, service, and that was quite a, quite a blessing. But we stepped out of 1 Thessalonians for that. So I'm looking forward to continuing with that. We'll be in chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, turn with me to 1 Thess chapter 2. We've uh, already looked at verses 1 to 4, so we're going to start at verse 5. And Lord willing, we'll go through verse 12 today. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5 to 12. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You were witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. It's interesting here, uh, four times... Four times in this passage, this short passage, Paul says, we were, we were, we were, we were, we were. You look, um, it's in verse 7, you see it says, we were gentle among you. And then in verse 8, we were ready to share with you, not only the gospel of God, etc. Then in verse 9, uh, he says, we worked. It could have been, we were working. And then in verse 12, we exhorted you. We were, we were. And I'm going to change the we were from past tense to present tense and say we are. We want to apply uh, his description of himself and his, his church planting team. Um, and, and he's given us that example for a reason. And it's so that even though we're not apostolic church planters, there's, there's something in the example for us to take and apply to ourselves. And so... We want to say, well, we are these things, or we should strive to be these things, these characteristics. You see, Paul and his missionary band, they left Thessalonica early. It wasn't, it wasn't his plan. In the book of Acts, we see that God led Paul and uh, the other apostles in various ways. Sometimes they prayerfully decided to move on, and in other cases, it was externally forced Upon them. This time, they were escorted out of town. You may remember that, that there was an angry mob and uh, there, it was getting violent. And the Christians said, you guys, you guys have to get out of town. And they, they escorted them out of town. So he left before he wanted to. Now, here he is a little while later, and he's writing a letter back to those Christians. Now, some Bible scholars think that He's defending himself against false accusations. That somebody's up there in Thessalonica saying, hey, he's like this and this and this. And Paul's saying, no, I'm not. I'm like this, this, and this. But 
Uh, other Bible scholars and myself aren't so, aren't so convinced that that is true. Um, this letter is not like, for example, the letter of Galatians, where he mentions the people. He says there's these false teachers and he's, he's going at them. There's no mention of that in, Thessalon in the, the two letters to the Thessalonians. Um, perhaps had they been able to stay as long as they wanted, this portion of his letter would have been unnecessary. But because he had to leave early... Um, he's drawing attention to their memory and he's teaching them from it. Look at verse 5. It says there in verse 5, as, as you know. You see that? He's reminding them. As, as you know, we were, we were like this. And then look at verse 9. In verse 9 he says, for you remember, brothers. And then in verse 10 he says, partway through he says, no, right at the beginning he says, you are witnesses. He's reminding them about what, what they saw. He's reminding them of their example because there's something that they need to learn from it. And he summarizes the, his example before he goes into the details and after, in the beginning and the end, he summarizes it negatively and then positively. What, he, what they weren't and what they were. Look at, look at verse 5. This is a negative summary. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with the pretext of greed, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others. So he's saying, we, we weren't flattering you, we weren't in it for the money, we weren't in it for the fame or people's attention. And then the positive summary is down in verse 10. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you. He says, this is, this is the way we were. He wasn't, he wasn't bragging, it might sound that way, but given the context, he wasn't bragging. He was just saying, remember our example. We weren't there long enough for this to soak in without me saying it. So I have, to, I have to say it now. Remember our example. And that example was surrounding and supporting what they were doing, which is what we talked about last time, two Sundays ago. That is that they were speaking. Look at verse 9. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. So they're living a certain way so that they can speak a certain way. They're, they're living right so that when they speak, the gospel is listened to. And so in this passage, I see, the, I want to take those four places where he said, we were, we were, we were. And we want to see there four characteristics. Four characteristics of walking with God that enable you to speak the gospel of God. Amen? And we'll buzz through these. And then uh, I'm going to spend a little more time on the first one. And then we'll go through this. And then we'll move to the Lord's table here. The first one is in verse 7. And he says, we are gentle. We are, we are gentle. Look at verse 7. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. What a picture of gentleness. It just, it struck me as I was reading this that, well, we've got two daughters and a son. Both daughters are nursing mothers right now, and so is our daughter-in-law, all at the same time. 
And when we interact with all of them, it's just, uh, it's just a joy to see. It's just uh, to see the, the mothers in action at that age and at that time. And they're just so caring and, and gentle. It's, it's so true. You know, you look, at, you look at this and you just see a picture of what Paul's trying to say. He's saying, we're gentle with people. We were gentle with you. And we need to recognize that, that this is important for us. We need to be gentle with people. In Matthew 12, beginning at verse 11, you can turn there if you want. I'll, I'll read it for you. Jesus was interacting with the, uh, with the Pharisees. And um, they're, they're trying to catch him on some technicality so that they can, they can accuse him of something. He said to them in verse 11, Which of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then they said, they said to the man, he, then he said to the man, so what's happening here is they're in this synagogue. He's teaching. The, the bad guys are there trying to trip him up. And there's a man there with, with a crippled hand. And Jesus knows what they're thinking. They're waiting to see if he heals them. That means he's healing on the Sabbath and he's breaking a rule. So as he, uh, they're there, Jesus knows what's going on. And, and Jesus says, so, so uh, if you have a sheep that falls in the pit on the Sabbath, you'll help him out. And so he does what he, he knows they're hoping he will do. He heals the man. He heals him. Um, and then it says, but the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. And this, then Matthew sees that, and he senses, I'm sure it's the Holy Spirit who showed him this, that right before his eyes, he, he was seeing scripture be fulfilled. He says, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. So this is the Lord Jesus. He comes along a bruise, uh, uh, he's taking a walk, he's walking by and there's a reed that's bent over and bruised and he, he doesn't just snap it off or crush it. There's a little, a little wick on a candle and it's smoldering. He doesn't, he doesn't go and put it out. He puts his hand around and gently and blows it back into flame. The Lord Jesus is gentle. Amen. And how insensitive. You have a man who's crippled and the people that know it all, the people that have all the right doctrine, right? They have it all straight and they know what's right and they know what's wrong. They're being completely insensitive to this man. They're just treating him like some visual aid to make their point. But Jesus looks at the man and is gentle and he heals him. Amen? This is our Lord Jesus, gentle. Paul is really serious about this. When he began to write his letters to Timothy later in his life, in 1 Timothy 
chapter 6, he said, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. He's talking about bad stuff. Flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. He includes gentleness in this list. And I don't know how many of us would include gentleness in, in, a, in a list of attributes that we're supposed to pursue in order to be godly people. But Paul's got it right in there. And in his second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, he's talking about how sometimes you're, you're, you're interacting with people that don't know the truth and they're resisting the truth. And he said this, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to, all, to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Gentleness. We are to be gentle. Paul was gentle with the people, and we're to live gentle with other people. Second characteristic we see this here is in verse 8, and it's, I'm going to say the word generous. We were generous, and we, you and I, are to be generous. Look at verse 7, I mean verse 8. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you become very dear to us. There's a generous heart. They had a generous heart with people. Uh, it's a sharing of their lives. Uh, they're generous with everything. Time and money and possessions and unselfishness of heart. And this, it reminds me, is who God is. God has this generous heart. It's his very nature to give. Paul, uh, uh, we heard uh, Timothy, our Timothy, not, not Paul's Timothy, but you, Tim, read this this morning. From Psalm 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is the way God is. And friends, our upside down world is neither gentle nor generous. Amen? Man, the work world can be tough. And there's a whole lot of people that are not gentle and they're not generous. Just try driving around town. You'll find that out. When you and I live gentle and generous, we stand out. Amen? We will stand out. And when we stand out, there'll be an opportunity to speak. So we're to be gentle and generous. Now the third word, I had to come up with one that started with a G. So I picked this one, but I'll explain it. it we are grounded. You see it in verse 9. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. I could have said, well, we are diligent or we worked hard, but that would, that would be true, but that's not the real point. The point, see, you see, he has a... A purpose. He gives a purpose in this sentence. Why were they working? It says, we work night and day that. This is the purpose. That we might not be a burden to any of you. So they were grounded. They were self-reliant. They were uh, responsible. 
They were not a continual drain on the people around them, but they were able to help the people around them. I think, I think of that beautiful verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he might have something to share with anyone in need. This is what God does in his grace. He takes someone who steals, he, he, he saves them, he, he forgives them of their sin, he gives them his spirit, the Holy Spirit. They begin to change, then instead of stealing, they start to work, and then they work in such a way that they have, they have the resources to give, and now they've gone from a thief to someone who's giving their money away. Amen? <laughs> the grace of God. That's the grace of God. And that's what we need to be. We need to be people who are grounded. We're, 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 um, we're, we're walking not as a burden to others. Now, of course, we all have to admit that, that, that life comes at us hard. And sometimes things happen that are out of our control. And we need to lean on other people for help. This could be a little hard for Pennsylvania Germans. And I remember, I'm half German, so I'm speaking to myself. We don't want to ask for help and all that. This, this passage is not saying, uh, it's not talking about that. There are times where we, we, we need to help each other. There's a couple in our church, they'll remain nameless, and the reason I know this isn't because the deacons talked about them, but the couple, like I, I know the couple, and they, that's why I know this. There was a time where, where, well, life was tough and uh, they were helped by our deacons, a considerable amount of money and they, because they, stuff happened and they needed it. But what, what I know from them is that then about a year and a half later, they were back on their feet, God was blessing, they were working, and they had the great joy of giving two times as much back to the deacons that the deacons had given them about a year and a half before. And they were just excited that this is awesome. You know, like we were down, we got help, and now two times as much, we're just giving it to the deacons, and now they're going to help somebody else when somebody else needs help. There's also the times when we're elderly, and I'll, I'll leave it entirely up to you to de define where that is. <laughs> when we're getting older and older, we start leaning on people. Usually it's our family first, but that we didn't lean on before, and that's, that's entirely understandable. Those cases, that's not what Paul's talking about here. Paul's saying there's people that shouldn't be leaning on other people, and they are. And we didn't do that. That's what Paul said. We were grounded. We were self-reliant in that, in that sense. We didn't go to bring the gospel to you and then, at, and then lean on you to live. We were, we were not being a burden to you. So we were gentle, we were generous, and we were grounded. And then number four, we were what? Well, forget the G's. I'm, because this ties into the last time we were in the passage and the way chapter 2 starts. I'm just going to say it this way. We were speaking. Look, at, look again at verse 12. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. You see, we were, we were speaking. It uses three different words, exhort, 
encourage, charge. We're speaking, we're speaking. And what are they speaking? Look at the end of verse 12. We're, we're, why, you know, why are they speaking? They're, we spoke to you so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So he's speaking now to Christians. There's a speaking of Christian to Christian helping each other grow. But it all started with verse 9 because these people, when he came to Thessalonica, they were not Christians. And it started with what it says in verse 9, that we proclaim to you the gospel of God. We presented the gospel and you believed in the Lord. And you were changed. So we were, we were gentle, we were generous, we were grounded, and so we spoke. Amen? Okay, now I, I got, I uh, have something. I couldn't hide it any closer to the pulpit, but I, I have a basketball, and don't worry, don't worry. There's no net or anything, so we're not going to get too fancy here. Uh, I just want to show you, show you this, there's two things here. I, I want to show you a simple way to share the gospel with people, okay? And, um, and then uh, while I'm doing that, I'm going to be sharing the gospel. Amen? <laughs> but sometimes when you're talking to people about, um, and the conversation goes to the Lord, uh, you can do anything. You could use a notebook. You need something to put between your two hands. Uh, but I've, I've done this out on the basketball court or you, volleyball or wherever. And you're, you're talking to somebody and you say, look, this is kind of, this is the way it is. Think of your, your two hands. This is God and, and this is you. This is all of us. We, we began the story together. We were together. When God created us, we were together. There's no breach between us and God. But then we sinned, and that sin, we rebelled. We went our own way, and when we, when we did that, this sin... See, I never was a basketball fan, so I, I love calling the basketball sin. So, uh, <laughs> it, at, at WVU, uh, there's the big basketball coliseum, you know, but the wrestling room was off, and we used that coliseum for our matches, so we called it the wrestling coliseum and said we let the basketball team use it so okay get back to the subject so you take anything you put it between your hands say this is sin so the sin separates us from God separates us from God because God is holy now and we are not because we've earned a punishment from God and he being just must punish he can't just throw it out he's he can't he cannot be he contradict himself and so we're in trouble there's a sin and it's keeping us from God but what happens is then God sends his son Jesus Christ who becomes one of us and he places the sin on him and he punishes him for our sin and Jesus takes the sin away and now it's gone amen and now the invitation to you is Will you believe in Jesus Christ? And to anyone who will then trust Jesus Christ, that we are reunited with God. We're reconciled with God. And we have forgiveness, we have eternal life, and we start anew in this life and go forward. Amen? That's the gospel. That's the gospel, simply, simply put. And that's what Paul was proclaiming. But as he proclaimed it, 
He proclaimed it in a way in which he was gentle and he was, he was, he was generous and grounded and God took all that package and used it and people believed. We should be like this. We're not apostolic church planting missionaries like Paul, but we're Christians. So some of this is a little different, but the, the core of it is the same for us. We need to be this same way. Paul's saying, Paul's saying to them, you know, I didn't, I didn't live long enough among you so that you could soak this in by osmosis. So I'm reminding you the way we were and I'm trying to teach you. This is the way we need to live. Gentle, generous, grounded, and speaking. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love and praise you and thank you for how great you are. Thank you that you have been so gentle with us. Thank you, Father, that you have been so generous with us. Thank you, O Lord, that you have saved us. And Lord, we pray that you would continually work in us and help us to walk in a manner worthy of you. For you have called us and you're bringing us to heaven. Now help us to walk in the right way. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.